Hey, listen, I hope you enjoy this episode of the Antisocial Podcast. I understand you're probably wondering whose voice this is. So, hello, my name's JB, and I love to write big, heavy riffs with big power metal choruses, and I call it Fierce Deity, which, after you're done here, I invite you to check out, which you can do by finding me all over social media at Fierce Deity Band, or simply head to FierceDeityBand.com. Anyway, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Andy Social Podcast. Before we kick into this week's episode, come over and join me on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Andy Dowling is a place to go to support this little old podcast of mine. Support starts from only a buck a month. Dirt, dirt cheap. And there are additional tiers there to get access to exclusive content. So go over to Patreon.com slash Andy Dowling. It's a massive support for the podcast. Keeps this whole thing fueled and trucking along. Thank you very much. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Andy Social Podcast, episode 234. And this week's guest is with Lindsay Schoolcraft. You may recall Lindsay from her time in Cradle Filth. She was with the band for quite a few years, but these days she is now solo. She's uh, released her debut album called Marta. She's involved in the uh, band or slash project called Antique Far with Zen from Neoblivascaris. Uh, and just a very busy person, amazing person to chat to. I really had a top time talking to Lindsay. Uh, we connected on Twitter. I've gone back and forth a little bit and took a while to get this uh, this podcast happening, but um, just well and truly worth, worth the wait. So just uh, super stoked to have Lindsay on the podcast. I think you guys will really enjoy it. And um, there you go. So go over to lindsayschoolcraft.com. She's on the socials. I'll have everything in the show notes over at andydowling.net or andysocial.net. Check out the latest album, Marta. And uh, recently uh, nominated for a Juno Award, which is, uh, I think, uh, the the Canadian equivalent of the Grammys, which is massive, especially for uh, a debut album as well. So congratulations, Lindsay, for that. Um, Just, yep, amazing, amazing feat. So there you go. Enough of me. Please enjoy this great chat with Lindsay Schoolcraft. I saw a, a tweet that you put up the other day and I thought, oh, this is this is this has to kick it off because I'm. Oh God, I hope so. I hope it wasn't me being a big mouth no. or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but um, I can't remember exactly word for word what you said, but the gist of it was that um, there are a number of people that secretly think that you're a vampire, and your oh, inbox is basically next level. Um, can you yeah. please extend on this? Okay, so. It all started when I joined Cradle of Filth. And funny thing is, is uh, listen, I I was never a fan of them in high school. I appreciate the band for what it is now, but I really like like traditional traditional black metal. Mm. And um, I, when I joined the band, I, I, w- I looked at the Wikipedia article, and they were listed as vampire metal. <laughs> And I'm like, what the hecking heck? So then as time goes on, I realize that the, a, a small handful of fans and people, I don't know if they're fans or not, seem to think Danny Filth is a vampire. And then they were asking me if he turned me. <laughs> so I jokingly said, no, it was actually Zen from Nabel of Scaris, And that, caused more problems because oh, no. I was just like I'm just going to be a cheeky 
person here and and cause more problems because I'm really good at that. And yeah, and then and then from there, there's just been like I, I know there's like a vampire community in uh, New Orleans in the United States, and they all keep an eye on me to this day. They still think I'm a vampire or a very strong priestess witch of sorts, and um, I'm like okay. Well, if that's if that's what you want to believe without confirmation, I have proof of me aging and having no mortality. So I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. But yeah, I've got some weird requests over the years. And I'm just like, I cannot provide the services for you. Wow. Sorry. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you said next level, that's that's definitely next level. I mean, without even... Oh, yeah. Without even going to the detail. I mean, I'd, I'd, I mean I know nothing about this world and, and, and these different communities out there. And so I'm always fascinated to even just have like, it's sort of like people that watch, I mean, this is probably the silliest comparison. I could, it's just coming to front of mind now, but sort of, sort of like watching crime shows where you, you really sort of have no sort of urge to be sort of in the story, but you love right. to spectate and just understand what's going on and go, what are they up to? Like, what's going on? Why did they do this? And, and yeah. of course these vampire communities, you know, um, are not, well, I don't know. Um, are probably not cr- uh, committing crimes, but it's it's so out there. I sort of look at it and go, well, "Yeah, what is this all about? Like, what is going on here? Like, what what do they actually believe? Are they real vampires?" <laughs> oh, they're ha- they're harmless, and some of them claim to be. And I'm not going to take that away from them. Uh, but I know what you mean about like you know watching serial killers. It's like I'm I'm glad I'm not involved in this train wreck, but I'm going to watch the train wreck. You know, and I understand. I, I, this whole lockdown has been true crimes for me, so I get it. <laughs> oh, I've, I've said this on the podcast a few times, but my wife is, she just loves it. So growing up, um, she would watch, um, I don't know if, if it's in North America, but um, they would have serial killer Sundays. And so on, on sort okay. of cable TV. And so she No, we to... have Super Soul Sundays from Oprah. Oh, right. That's all we get. <laughs> <laughs> a slight contrast. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> well, Jess would grow up with her dad watching this, like, on Sunday nights, and they would just sit on the couch and watch the – and it was just, like, the craziest – I just laugh every time she says it. But she um, she got Netflix, and so she watches Netflix on her phone. And so get up early in the morning. She usually gets up before me, and she's in the bathroom putting her makeup on, and I'm sort of coming out of sleep, and all I can hear is – and then they, then he put her body in a bag, and then and then they yeah. cut, and then they cut cut him up or whatever it is. And I'm like, oh my yeah, god! Yeah. I'm like, this is the way we're starting our day, <laughs> really? And she's like, I love it. I can't get enough. I'm like, oh, maybe like yeah. later in the day or in the evening if you want to watch it. But um, first thing in the morning, like it's really setting the tone. <laughs> Makes you appreciate waking up and being alive at all. Yeah. You know, great motivation to start the day. <laughs> well, that, well, that's a good perspective. I I never thought about it like that, but uh, there you go. Just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I'm your, you know, friendly neighborhood goth, always here for you. I got it. <laughs> Do you think, um, was that a shock sort of jumping into that world? As you said before, like you weren't, you weren't much of a sort of a cradle of filth fan growing up and getting into metal. And I think more of the sort of traditional black metal, um, was, mm-hmm. was more your, your, your cup of tea, so to speak, but you know, jumping into that world. And I mean, I don't know much of the backstory really. So, you know, forgive me if I ask any questions that are sort oh, of, you've, you're, you've been repeating constantly over the years. But oh, I, no worries. I hear, I hear the word recruited or discovered. Um, yeah. When it come, when it came to you joining the band and I'm just thinking, 
well, what happened there and what sort of culture shocks did you experience sort of going into, into this space with a band that's already got such a legacy oh. and stigma and fan base and just what you touched on before, it's just like, okay, yeah, next level uh, people following the band. Yeah, it was just, it was a shock in a way. And to be honest, I got really lucky. I feel like the stars aligned and there was this small little opening, tiny doorway that only my little self could fit into. And I got so lucky, you know, getting the job and and getting on board. And um, it was, it was a big shock. I learned immediately, like there was a lot of traction um, there was a lot of work to do to, to bring Cradle back to where Danny wanted it, uh, live shows and how that went. I learned so much immediately, um, about the industry and how things work. A, a lot of things I kind of wish I, I didn't know how they worked because that's what made me do my own record label in the, at mm. the end of the day. Um, but, uh, it was, it was big and it was intense and, and, uh, you know, I feel like I just got really lucky because I see this slow climb of so many artists and bands, um, you know, and then the next level and then the next step and then the next achievement unlocked, you know what I mean? And I went from touring in a van in Eastern Canada with my old band to all of a sudden flying around the world and being put up in nice hotels and beautiful tour buses and I feel like I, I I didn't really go through the process of what so many of the people I respect have gone through. And I appreciated it and I respected it and, and I was grateful. I was like, thank you. You know, this is a huge opportunity. And of course, in the beginning, it, it was really fast because I was told I was only going to be there for six months and then the band was going to take a hiatus. And then a year later, I was like writing a Hammer of the Witches with them. Uh, but yeah, it was a big... It was a big talk, especially because uh, Danny, and it's no offense to him, but he he's not really online. He's he's very to himself, off of social media, um, you know, cares about his privacy, and I can respect that. But because of that, so many people who wanted to access him were coming to me, and I'm just like, whoa. Like that, <laughs> I think that was the, the part that was most overstimulating. But also in a way almost like made me the band's secretary. So I kind of enjoyed that part working with sponsorships and stuff. It was very interesting and it was a big learning curve too, but I'm just grateful it even happened to be honest. It's amazing. I mean, just, just touching on what you said about Danny sort of, you know, being quite private and offline. I think that's what makes him being on Instagram now so wild because <laughs> I follow him. He loves Instagram. It's he loves it. It's incredible because I grew up with, you know, Cradle of Filth is one of those bands that um, I didn't, I knew a few songs here and there, um, some of the, the earlier albums when I was sort of getting into metal. And, um, but one of the things that was such a, a dramatic thing for, for that band was just these next level t-shirts and merchandise that they put out that was just, yeah. you know, it was shock value. And, and so yeah. they were the things that you would buy to shock your parents or, or the teachers at school or whatever it is. And so yeah, I think it created, I mean, at least from my point of view, it created this, this uh, mystique around the band and around him and just this, just like, what, who are these people? Are they even people? You know, what do they get up to? That they, they must be the most sa- satanic and dark thing and, <laughs> and just the most blasphemous stuff. And 
And then now, oh, I got that a lot too. Yeah, asked if I was a Satanist or, <laughs> oh God, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. But now watching him on Instagram, and you know, he's putting up photos going to the to the football, and he's he's hanging out with his family, and he's like out in the sun having some cocktails yeah. or whatever. And it's just like, wow, like it's just it's super cool. Like I love it, and it's just so fascinating to watch somebody that's that's that larger than life character for so many years in the metal world, um, just showing this different side to him. So, um, yeah, just, I mean, off, just on a side note, it's just, um, it's, it's cool to see, see that different side. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It gives him, it really shows people who he really is. And, and at the end of the day, he's just a super nerdy guy who likes to crack jokes and that that's cool. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would mostly have... dad jokes, really bad dad jokes. <laughs> Well, I guess it wouldn't have hurt. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have helped his branding to begin with when he first started out. So I think. I think the timing now with um, him showing showing a little a uh, little bit of uh, the extra the extra uh, sides of his life now probably um, a good timing as far as um, where his legacy is in his band and and what he's created over the years. But um, I'm sure if he if he uh, if he went down that path to begin with right at the start, um, it may have it may have um, not. Oh, helped. understandably, yeah, absolutely. I think it's good he did what he did in the '90s. I can respect that from a business perspective and as an artist. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. How did you, how did you get the opportunity? Was it? I mean, surely it wasn't a call like a random call from Denny Filth, just going, "Hey." Um. Oh no. <laughs> Oh God, I joined the band and he didn't even email me till like months later, you know, and I was like, am I even in this band? This person's not talking to me. Uh, shows what his communication levels like, but anyways, um, yeah, it was just, it was through a friend and, and she was asked and she, she politely turned it down, but she recommended me. And then I went ahead and, you know, did the proper, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, audition tape and wrote up a letter and just said, you know, please consider me. It'd be a really cool opportunity and I'd love to do it. And they, they chose me. I was like, what the heck? You know, and it's, I I still, to this day, I'm just like, how that happened is beyond me because I just know so many musicians who are just far beyond my skill uh, as a, a keyboardist and pianist, you know, and um it just it just happened and I'm like okay well just accept this and and move forward and uh yeah it was just it was just really interesting to say the least like I I I was very grateful I think I was like one of a few people going for it and they just chose me for some reason and I'm like okay let's do this (laughs) (laughs) um obviously these days with the internet and the way that we all collaborate and and work on different things together it's just it's so easy and especially now like with like COVID-19 and everything you know we've been forced to have to really sort of lean heavy into into a lot of this but you know I mean it it wasn't it wasn't that long ago when you know you joined I mean being in you know Canada and and the band for the most part um, correct me if I'm wrong based in the UK what was what was it like sort of from a, a distance point of view and sort of working together and and just trying to keep everything moving was it was it disjointed in any way or was it did you already have that connectivity that just made it nice and easy just to just to make it all happen? It was difficult. And, you know, I was the farthest away from everyone. Like, I, I was, like, you know, everyone's centric to um, the UK and the Czech Republic and Europe. So I'm all the way in Canada. And, oh, it was just, it, it was like, again, like, 
grateful for the experience. So happy I got to do what I did. But um, it, it, it was just such a nightmare writing the albums with all the emails. And of course, I was the last person to wake up. So by the time I'd wake up and be ready to write, they'd be finishing their day. And I really wouldn't, like everything was written and I really wouldn't get my say. And it's like, I also just like, I don't want to wake up at four in the morning. <laughs> like, you know, so to, to, you know, it's just like, I'm on a different schedule over here. And that, you know, it, it was, it was, it was hectic, um, but made it work. And if anything, like it was an interesting experience and, and it taught me a lot, like, you know, and, and because of that now with my black metal band Antiqua that I have with uh, Zen, um, we know how to better, communicate and um do a project remotely like write an entire symphonic black metal album from five different countries across <laughs> the globe and and i mean again it's it's work it's a lot of work and it, it, it when our guitarist uh fabian from um germany he flies to montreal where the drummer is and i drive out five hours and we're the three main composers when we do that about twice a year that already got kiboshed once this year uh, for uh, reasons um, that that really speeds up the process. But that time in between is so important. And, and working with that setup with Cradle of Filth really taught me how to do that for myself with with another project. And I see where because it was new and I think it was new for a few people in that lineup, too. And I saw where the there could be issues, and I try to nip those in the butt with this band. And I mean, you've just got to really get in and, and get your hands dirty and try your best and respect one another. And that's all you can really do at the end of the day. But yeah, it was, it was, it was. I, I still don't understand why they kept me in the band for so long because I was so far away, and I cost <laughs> the most to like bring out there and I'm like why are you doing like there's someone who does their own budgets and financing I'm like why are you doing this like am I that good like I don't know I don't know how I that worked out and and bless them again very grateful but it was it was just interesting you know it was very it, it wasn't like being in in the same town as everyone and meeting up in person every week to jam out songs and plan business it was nothing like that it was so all over the place all the time. <laughs> it must be like, I mean, I hear this a lot in sort of the, the business world where you're trying to put, get a team together and the, the skill set aspect is obviously, you know, something that needs to be considered, but I think the culture fit is like the most important thing. Like you want to work with people that just have the right personality, the right mindset and will just get the job done rather than yeah. somebody who's just like an absolute whiz on whatever skill they're contributing to, to, to that group or to that business. And, and I mean, just from the outside, I'm just assuming that that would have been probably one of the reasons why, you know, yeah, I guess they could have found somebody locally that probably could get the job done from a technical point of view, maybe, but uh, maybe there was other things that you brought to the table from just uh, your, your individual mindset and your personality that probably made things a little bit easier for, for the crew to, to, to sort of continue on? I guess so. I mean, I guess I did help out with a lot of things that weren't really my job at the end of the day, and I enjoyed them. Like, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed them, but maybe that's why uh, Dan Sir Danny just, like, kept me around because, you know, he's like, well, Lindsay will help me with that, and, and you know, I didn't really question it. Near the end, I was kind of like, uh, 
like the last two years is like, oh, you want me to do that again, really? But in the beginning, I was I was totally like, oh, yeah, let's do this and this and this and this and I'll, I'll do. Don't worry, I'll take project management. I'll do all of it for you. And then I'm like, why am I not sleeping? Um, <laughs> so maybe maybe that had something to do to it, you know, to do with it. You never know. Did you have a did you have a light bulb moment where, you know, learning the industry from that perspective, which not a lot of people get to do, especially independent musicians, like you don't really get to see it from the inside of a, of a machine like that. Did you have a moment where you sort of went like, I'm starting to understand how this works and how I can apply it to my own stuff and starting to think about, you know, what I can do with my own music and my own sort of creative output? You know, I went, for the time I was in Cradle Filth, when I went into it, um, again, I, I didn't know that it was going to go on as long as it did. Uh, but I had my own dreams and ambitions before Cradle of Filth came about. And uh, I knew what I wanted for that. And, and, I, and I kept that within me, even though there were people who tried to knock that out of me. You know what I mean? And mm. and you you really need to live your life for yourself and and have your own dreams and aspirations because that's what feeds your soul and i knew what i wanted to do um and in regards to like recording during that time it was very difficult because cradle filth was very demanding right so um when i got into it and especially um when we, we signed what cradle signed to nuclear blast in 2015 and that's not secret that's public knowledge um the people who worked at nuclear blast at the time were the most helpful considerate communicative wonderful people who loved their jobs and wanted to help artists unfortunately a lot of them aren't there anymore um which is pretty heartbreaking uh but I still keep in touch with them and they've moved on to other jobs, either other labels or independently. And they taught me so much, like so much, like any questions I had, like tonight I've been working on my own independent publishing and I just, my brain is a pile of mush. It's so much work <laughs> and it's I, so much jargon. I'm still not fully in the know with, um, but I have good people around me helping me uh, figure it out. So, you know, um, they just opened my eyes to what the industry really, really looks like. And it, it, it was, I really appreciate them during that time period because they showed me what, what was possible and what the industry does really does look like. It's very actually simple, but we beautiful artist types make it so complicated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, this is how it goes. But of course, things are changing. And I mean, I've been in this industry almost two decades now, and I've seen it change so many times. And if you told me at 15 years old, when I started my first band and started playing locally and recording music, if you told me like, in 20 years, you're going to own your own record label, I'd be like, what? <laughs> you know, Like, no, that's awful. But, you know, here we are. Uh because, you know, I, I I believe that you can't do everything yourself. You need to have a good team around you who wants to work with you, that you can you have each other's backs. And they're just genuinely good people who love their jobs. I always look for people who love their jobs. Um, they're the best ones to work with. And, um, yeah, it, it did open my eyes to, to what record labels do, to the touring world, to even just... Like I, the best part of that 
was was realizing what it really like and this doesn't go against anyone who was around before that but what it really meant to have fans like what it, and and the fans were just like and still are because a lot of them have stayed with me are just everything they they inspire me they can lean on me i can lean on them um they like they're just the, the, you, you that that soul connection that you have with some fans is just unbelievable and I, you know there's days i'm like i wonder how this person's doing i wonder if this person's okay you know and, and it, it just it opened my eyes to sorry to tangent but it opened my eyes to how even before this pandemic how lonely and isolated some people can be and they don't feel like anyone cares about them and is listening to them and it just blew my mind. I'm like, I thought everybody had like awesome people around them, you know, cause I, I built that life for myself, but um, it makes you really realize like why you do music because when you can't have that conversation, someone can just listen to your song and it can change their life or save their life. And that was like the ultimate thing that really kept me going uh, especially, like I mentioned before, during those times where people tried to knock my own ambitions and dreams out of me, you know, for, you know, probably because I was so good at my job, they just, you know, wanted me to stay around and then have me there doing their that job all the time. And I'm like, no, I have my own dreams. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, absolutely. That was, um, that was, uh, the, I learned a lot. I, I really learned a lot. I think, I mean, with the whole fan thing, that's one, I mean, I wrote it down. I've got this list of like different things to, to trigger an idea or thought to, to talk to you about, but I mean, community, sure. community building is just like this big thing that I noticed from, from your end. Um, just watching the way that you interact online with people, especially on Twitter. I think Twitter's such <laughs> a, such an amazing platform and I've never used it properly until more recently. And, um, right. it's really interactive. And I think the way that you communicate with with your audience is like, it's so cool because it's so transparent. It's honest. Um, it's you, you know, you know, if you're having a rough day or you're having a great day, it doesn't matter. Like you're going to talk about it and people, people know, and it's sort of yeah. opening up. It's almost giving permission on both sides to say, Hey, like, you know, we, we can, we can communicate back and forth. It's not just me being an artist and having to do the hard sell all the time and keep promoting everything I do and just hope and cross your fingers that people are going to, you know, follow the call to action. Um, it's about really nurturing people that believe in what you do and, and, and creating friendships as well. I mean, you know, it's amazing how totally. people I've, I've connected with over the years just uh, from, from music. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know exactly what you're saying. And Twitter's fun like that. I really enjoy it. It's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really good. And I, I think, um, if anybody, uh, anybody listening wants, wants to get schooled on, on how to use Twitter correctly, I think, um, I think you're one of the people out there cause it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's good to watch the comments and, and people interacting with you. And I think just what you put out there into, into the, the Twitter world is, um, it's, it's really beneficial. I think it's great to, just, uh, even from a musician point of view, just to go, ah, oh, yeah, okay. I need, like, you can't just be one dimensional. You have to just be yourself and yeah. put it out there. And that, and that's the thing, like, um, a few things to comment on, like, uh, as a musician, I surround myself with a lot of musicians or creative types and you kind of forget how special that thing is that you do. And then when you go and you talk about it on Twitter, people like, are like, oh, you're amazing. And I'm like, what? You know, and it's like, I forget that not a lot of people do 
what I do and they want to hear about it. And um, also Twitter's just been a platform where I think sometimes if I'm having a bad day, uh, which they come and go, uh, I can be very vulnerable on there. I'm not someone who's afraid to talk about mental health or, um, you know, it's situations where I've been bullied or um, manipulated. I'm not afraid to, you know, without naming names, of course, because I, I want to handle it gracefully. I don't want to destroy someone's career over like one stupid little thing that they said and never apologized for. Um, but in, in such a way that like, I hope that someone else out there will see what I'm talking about and won't allow, you know, narcissists to, to hurt them anymore or will leave their shitty ex or, um, you know, will will consider getting therapy. Um, that's, that's what I do. Like I'm not, and I'm not, I always try to turn things in, even if they are negative, I really try to turn them into a positive, but having, having Twitter is, is definitely something like it's a platform where that's discussed, but something that my friend Leah, um, at Savvy Musician Academy, she's taught me is she's like, you know, your fans are a lot like you and it's true. And I think recently, oh, don't mind my cats are howling in the background here. <laughs> that's okay. Um, <laughs> It's that time of day over here. Well, night, I should say. I'm going to chase them out while we talk about this. But um, as, as uh, come on, guys, get out of here. As uh, she, she's saying, she's like, you know, your fans are actually a lot like you. And I tweeted out recently, like, hey, what was, like, the symphonic metal album that changed your life? And it just got so many, like, responses and retweets. And, and I loved, I genuinely loved the conversation because a lot of the albums people were bringing up were, same albums that really inspired me uh so it was cool like it was just so much fun to have a conversation with a, a, a you know eight eight thousand people who are quite a bit like you is is really fun what was that what was that lady's name was it leah leah mchenry yes leah the queen of the internet <laughs> is, i mean i don't I, th I think i've seen the name around um is yeah have you got what's the background with her uh, so she owns the Savvy Musician Academy, which is uh, a digital marketing school for musicians. And I have been through it and uh, almost I have to do like one last class. I almost graduated and I used her techniques to do my album launch and essentially uh, start my own record label. Um, and she's been, you know, she's made her career online without touring. She's a homeschooling mom. And uh yeah, we've known each other a long time. We go back almost 10 years. Um, she's wonderful, and, and I consider her, like, a mentor. Like, I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for her. I'd probably still be on tour thinking I can't make my other bands happen and, and super sick because, um, you know, I was having health issues last year. She really she really helped me get on my feet, and I'm forever for, I'm for ever grateful for that absolutely was was her what she does as far as um providing sort of i guess you know uh online courses and and uh you know help for for musicians was this something that was instrumental um and something that you were digesting as you were still sort of going through sort of cradle of filth last year sort of you know basically setting yourself up to make that decision to move on yeah, yeah, it was part of it. Um, I feel bad because I was a bit sneaky about it. Uh, 
with the guys. I mean, and they probably saw it from the outside looking in like, oh, she's so cute. Look at her releasing her album. You know, <laughs> <laughs> our little sister's finally releasing her solo album. So proud. And I was just like, I can't go on traveling like this. It's absolutely destroying my health physically mm -hmm. and mentally. Um, the schedule was just so grueling. And, um, and if I'm not happy mentally and physically, I'm not going to be good to anyone. Yep. So yeah, I, I enrolled last, last winter at the beginning of the year and I pretty much almost had graduated by the time the album uh, came out, but it was, it was huge. It was amazing that I could do it. It's pretty much, a, it's like a, a solid digital marketing course that teaches you how to do e-commerce, which being, um, I guess I could say makeup artist. I don't fully do makeup artistry anymore, but um, as I sadly look at all the makeup in front of me on my desk, um, you know, <laughs> I already, I already had an idea of how e-commerce worked, but then applying it to selling your, your albums and your merch and creating online experiences for your fan base, that, that was like next level for me. It was just absolutely incredible. And then of course, moving on to this year, which has just been like crazy. Like I'm so glad I'm online because if I wasn't, Oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about where I'd, I'd be right now. It'd be very difficult. I'd probably just be asking my boyfriend to be my sugar daddy. Cause I wouldn't know, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't know what else to do at this point, but instead I can stand on my own two feet and be like, I'm financially independent. And that's a, uh, as a musician, that's like, Whoa, did I just say that? Uh, but it's it's very liberating. So yeah, it, I I highly recommend the school. It's it's like it's like a quarter of the cost of what it costs to go to university or college for digital marketing, and mm. it's just geared specifically towards musicians. It was a really it was a really great experience. It really was. I loved it. I love learning, and I love being a student under someone who's just so just sees the bigger picture of things. You know that, and that's that's. I think why I love Leah so much is she just sees the full picture. She doesn't just see like the one narrow path. And I, I have so much respect for that. I think that's a big thing that many of us sort of, we get stuck in the clouds or, or in the weeds, depending on which, which direction you're looking. But, um, you know, yeah. we're, we're so, uh, we're so operational. Like we're, you know, we've got a bunch of things that we need to do and we, we're constantly trying to juggle everything. And you're so in the thick of it that, you can't like it's it's almost impossible to to see the bigger picture unless you've got some great meditation practices in place where you can you can separate yourself and mm -hmm. and give yourself some clarity of mind it's it's difficult and you can find yourself years later doing the same thing over and over again and stressing yourself out for a reason that you can't even work out yourself as far as you know <laughs> where why am i not progressing why am i not doing doing what i want to do right. why am i not satisfied so i think having anybody and obviously with a background and some expertise um, is a massive help, but anybody who can just look from the outside and go, have you thought about this? Or have you noticed this thing that's staring you in, the, in, in, in your face? And you go, oh, no, I haven't actually. Thank you. Thank you so much. So um, <laughs> just from what you have, how you've described it, I think it's, I mean, I just, I, I lean on so many other people all the time because it's just, it's important to, to get a fresh set of eyes on just what you're doing and why you're doing it. I think that's, that's just so critical because... I think we're we're also proud. We want to be we want to be independent. We want to um, show off what we can do. And I think sometimes we're a little bit of a closed book, and we don't want other people to come in. Um, but it mm -hmm. really we become our our own worst enemy. Oh, totally. Your ego can totally get in the way of you and hold you back. 
from so much, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned that. <laughs> oh, it, it's a, I mean, something that I notice a lot more, I think it's like anything when you start to, to open your world up and you start to learn new things and build, build different skills. Um, you start to notice where all the inefficiencies are or the, 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 um, the bad examples of, of or bad practices out there. And it's just, uh, it's, it's, um, it's not baffling because I understand where it comes from, but at the same time, there's a, there's a level of frustration because it's, it's almost like, you know, when somebody's converted to whatever it might be and, and suddenly they become a little bit preachy and it's like, yeah, you got to come and see the light. Like the, the you know, it's, it's so much better on mm. the other side. You got to come and, and experience this. Um, and so I've, yeah. I've certainly noticed that, um, even just like one thing that I notice with musicians that they do a lot more now is we're not just the, the performer or the writer or the creator anymore. We've, we've got to be the marketing person, you know, to a degree. Um, we've, we've got to think about PR a little bit. We've got to think about e- e-commerce and, and um, a, a few sales techniques and some good customer service foundations, you know, things like that. Um, and you don't have mm-hmm. to do it all, but you have to at least have a, a basic understanding of it. And um, I'm noticing more and more musicians starting to um, become a little bit of a jack of all trades um, in in the music industry, which is which is cool. Um, so, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, just watching others sort of beat their head against the wall and not understand why they're not uh, not getting any further is um, yeah. It's you just want to reach out and just pull them out of the weeds. And that, that's the thing. There's so, and I say this with love. I don't say this to be an asshole, but there's there's so many artists I know and bands and they just want to complain. They don't want to do anything about it. And then there's the few who actually want to do something about it and take full control of their careers. And and they're the ones with the potential that I reach out to and I guess mentor in a way, because I know that, you know, if I see the thing that they're screwing up, they're going to listen to me if I say, hey, by the way, you're totally messing this up. Like, they're going to be like, okay, no, you know what, you're right. But that's the thing. There's some people I've met and they're just like, they're so stuck in like, it's not going to work out. The industry sucks, blah, 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 you know. And the, the whole idea of being discovered by someone or a label or an agent or a manager is entirely dead. It's It's so dead. Like, you need to... You have to care about your dream and your band and your music more than anyone else before those those important people come along and see you. Like you can't just be widdly diddly on a guitar and then someone's gonna walk up and give you a record deal. Those those that that idea that reality has been dead for over twenty years, in my opinion, from my experience. Oh, so at, at least, at least, and mm-hmm. I mean, it, it reminds me of when I was a kid and just starting to uh, um to watch a lot of my friends starting to get jobs and I was either too scared or too lazy to go and send out my, my resume to, to local businesses or get on the phone and call people up and ask if there's any vacancies. And so I'd sit there and I'd complain about it. I remember my mum saying, they're not going to rock up to the front door and say, Hey, is there anybody home here that uh, wants to work at my local shop or anything like that? You need to get out and actually do it. And so, and mm-hmm. of course, when you're you know, you're 14 years old, you're just thinking, oh, shut up, mom. Like, what do you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, it, but it's that whole, I guess it's that victim mentality and, and just, you know, hoping that somebody can come in and save you or, or give you that 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 amazing opportunity that um, will just change change your life forever. And, and uh, it's just, it's so rare that any of those circumstances ever happened in general, but let alone now. 
Um, and I think you just need to build something that you love and it has its own appeal and it's self-sufficient to a degree. And then if people want to work with you, then you can make a decision as to whether you want to do that or not. But at least you've got the control then as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I totally know what you're saying. And that's the thing. Not many people in all aspects of their lives are like that. And they're just waiting. Like they're just, oh, what did my dad always tell me? He's like, there's people who make things happen people who watch things happen and people who just don't know what happened. <laughs> and, you know, I want to be the person who makes things happen. I don't want to be stuck in those other two categories because they sound awful, um, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I understand what you're saying there entirely. <laughs> it's, um, I think there's so many common themes that just, I think it's just, it's human behavior, really. A lot of this stuff. I mean, sometimes we think that, um, yeah, there certainly are things in the music industry that are unique to the music industry and being a musician. Um, but I think mm -hmm. ultimately the, the behavior aspects are just so similar. I, I think just anywhere in general, I think yeah. it just, it just, uh, it, it bleeds into so many different, uh, parts of, of everyday life where, you know, people just want to blame society or blame the government or, or, or oh, blame, totally. blame their family members or, or friends or whatever it might be. And just not take, not take that, uh, that ownership themselves to see what they can do with what they've got. So true. So true. Your mindset affects every aspect of your life. And I know that from experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, for me, like, you know, uh, it's it going back to what we we're joking about before with, you know, my wife starting her days off with uh, serial killer uh, series on Netflix. <laughs> you know how you start your day just on a micro level is so so huge. You know it's you know have mm -hmm. you do you know what you're going to do or are you just going to wake up and just sort of wing it and just hope that everything falls into place? You know sometimes you know and, <sighs> so true. You know, having a little list or just even being intentional before you go to bed the night before is just such a it's it could be a make or break. And so it's um yeah it's it can be it can be amazing how simple um, little little shifts of um, habit or, or mindset can can make the world a difference no I agree and then that's something that uh, since I left cradle I've really had to work on because I was in such a bad place and it's it's hard when your brain's not in a good place and your body's not in a good place and, and I just really had to to bring like I had to be my own personal cheerleader and bring my mentality back up and it was a lot. It's work. Like that's, I think, why so many people don't start because it's so much work. And facing your demons in the beginning is awful. And I, I know I have been there, but it's worth doing because you come out on the other side, a whole new person, and you can just like live, you know, a, with a little less suffering and a little more perspective. And that's that's why I'm always like I'm pro therapy and I'm pro self talk and I'm pro what you know you put in it's not just what you eat it's what you see it's what you hear what you put into your body is it's going to be absorbed you got to make sure there's good stuff around you all the time or as much as possible <laughs> well yeah look you you can't you can't always be perfect <laughs> And and you got to forgive yourself as well when when you fall off the rails. Yeah, yeah, um, and that and that's self care in itself. Um, you said, yeah, you said before about facing your demons. Have you, have you got an example? I mean, especially sort of coming into to this year and and sort of making the changes that you've made and 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 I mean just really hitting the ground running and doing a lot of work, whether it be inner work or, or, you know, physical work with, with, uh, music. What were some of the examples of you having to sort of face some of these challenges head on? Uh, well, you know, like everyone has a childhood, some are not so great. Some are not perfect. And some like 
I, I get so mad when I find it like my boyfriend, his family is wonderful. And he's like, I had the best childhood ever. And I'm like, I hate you. But, um, you know, you, you learn so much of who you become from your parents and identifying what I didn't want to bring into my adult life. Um, seeing how bullying had affected me, turned me into the pleaser, like always pleasing everyone and overextending myself. So I wouldn't get bullied. Um, that was a big, that was a big identifier and challenge. But I think the, um, this is like, oh, like this is the worst thing that has happened to me recently. And it, it feels so minuscule compared to the things I've been through, but let's just, let's just put it this way. I'll do my best to explain this and how I'm rewiring my thinking about it. Mm. So in the past, there have been some people that I was just so excited to work with and write music with and be around and hopefully learn from and just like have this amazing experience with. And oh boy, did they let me down. And they said some really horrible things to me that totally destroyed my confidence as a musician and as a writer. I, uh, you know, I don't want to repeat all of it, but essentially just saying like, I wasn't good enough and I didn't know what I was doing and I was an amateur. And, and it was one of those environments where, well, I thought we were like, not necessarily on the same level, but like we're in the same place doing this together. So why am I all of a sudden lesser than you found out later? These types of people have extremely low self-esteem and they're just mm. projecting on you. Cause I, I was, you know, most of the time I like to think I'm a, a huge ray of sunshine whenever I enter a room I, I try to keep things really positive I try to do what my my best friend calls a sparkle blast a sparkle <laughs> blast of the room everywhere I love like, it like energy confetti it's gonna be the best day ever I know as, as the gothic type everyone's like really don't you shit bats and I'm like well that's the part we don't have to talk about but yeah and um it, it just broke my heart and made me think I was this just amateur and I was crap and I and for the longest time up until recently anytime I'd go to like enjoy writing or enjoy composing or you know if anything Antiqua has been extremely therapeutic for me because I'm in a loving environment with two other people who it's not about their egos it's totally about what's best for the song and making good music because we care about making the song first and foremost you know we always say like screw our egos they stay at the door whenever we enter the studio and um I'd go to like work on stuff and I can just hear that person's like voice in the back of my head saying like you know your solo music's trash you're an amateur like these oh just horrible things like 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 I you know I would never say to anyone I don't understand how this person could come at me like that. It was very, very heartbreaking. You know, they're on move. They've moved on. These people have moved on with their life and they're living their best life. I hope. And they don't care about me anymore, but to say these like really mean things to me and just go about their life. I'm like, who are you? Like, you know, and that's where I was kind of like, well, you're nobody to me. Like your opinion doesn't mean anything to me anymore. You know what I mean? But also just like, squishing out stomping out that awful voice left in my head and I'm sure a lot of people go through this especially with the thing they love and someone saying something so awful to them it like you know almost made them want to quit etc uh yeah recently I've I've been doing a lot of singing on other people's albums and I could just hear 
that nattering chatting in the back of the ground when I was, I was tracking it. I'm like, no more, get Mm -hmm. out of my head. You're not in my life anymore. Get out of my head. Screw you. Your opinion means very little to me. I didn't want to see it in any of my conservatory training. Get out of my head, you know, and that, that's, that's a lot of work because it's like reversing a habit because for so long I've been allowing this person's awful view and opinion and terrible, hurtful things they've said about me crush me and break my heart. And it's like you come to a point where you kind of have to be like your own drill sergeant and be like, no, like 20 push-ups and then leave, you know, like (laughs) just get out. You Mm -hmm. don't belong here. You're not welcome here. And that's the thing, like the, the most important rent is the space that you give in your head. And I just didn't want to give that part of my, my head to this person anymore. You know, it was just, it, it, it was really, I think it's been like the final step to the healing process. And it's like, you know, in some of these situations, some of these people did apologize and take accountability and some of them didn't, but it, 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 the, the, the most, the best thing you can do is give yourself that closure. Closure is not something that is ever really given to you. You have to make that closure yourself. Mm. And I think that's what so many people don't understand. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lot. It's definitely, it's definitely been a lot, but I mean, I'm recovering. I didn't give up. I think there's some people out there who like, you know, they say if you, if you don't have haters, you're doing something wrong, Mm. you know, if you have haters, (laughs) you're doing something right. And I think there's so many, like not, I know there's a few, and I try to remember, I have so many good people in my life. Why does this 1% matter? But I know that they just want me to quit and stop doing my sparkle blast. And <laughs> and I'm just like, no, screw you. My revenge is to to go out and live my best life and, and live my dreams. And yeah, just really, whenever I get a little bit down and all of a sudden that hurtful nattering comes back, I'm like, get out because I have the best people in the world in my life and you aren't welcome here anymore. So that's, that's huge. That's huge. You really don't have enough time to, to allow it as well. Like, you know, when we've only got a finite amount of time to really do what we want to do and, and, you know, live the best life that we possibly can. And I mean, it, of course, easier said than done when you're in the thick of it mentally with, with it all happening. But, um, you know, I guess one of those things is that eventually it's like, well, you know, how much, how much time can I, how much energy can I give this? And, and I need to make a decision now as to which, you know, if I'm at a crossroad, which, which, which way do I go? And I think one of the things like you, 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 you mentioned it before, like just with maybe one of those particular people is coming from, coming from an area of low self-esteem from that individual. And I think for me, that's been one thing that has helped me try to understand why people act the way that they do just in general. Like when I watch, I mean, geez, mm-hmm. you know, Twitter's fantastic, but Twitter's also poison sometimes with, with Oh, it's a trash can <laughs> sometimes. I get it. Yeah. Yes. And you watch, you watch, you watch people back and forth and, and, and then someone puts a really inappropriate comment or, or attacks somebody. And then, yeah, every right. once in a while I'll click onto their profile just to say, oh, well, you know, think who is this person? Like what, where do they come from? What, what's, you know, give me a little bit more context. And then you look at their feed and it's just all hate and it's just pointing oh, in yeah. every single direction. It's not just one person or one topic or, or anything like that. It's basically, what can I complain about? What can I attack? And then you just think like, this is not about, if it was directed at me, it's like, well, it's not 
about me. It's really about no, that person. It's not. And yeah. um, they're just unhappy in, in general. And so then you just think, well, that person's just trying to project whatever they're feeling onto others and drag them down to whatever level they're at or below their level. And, and so things yeah. like that have sort of reminded me that, um, you know, they're looking at it from the outside and they're really sort of at the same time, have got tunnel vision as far as, you know, what their intentions are and what they're trying to do. And it's not really about me as an individual. It's just, it's more them speaking about themselves or, sh- or exposing themselves to what they're totally. Is. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. it's a constant, I mean, it's a constant challenge to anybody that puts themselves out there. I think, you know, in, in Australia, and I'm sure that, you know, you've, you've got a lot of friends now, um, I do, <laughs> and um, I've got a lot of mutual mutual friends um, uh, that I've yeah. noticed as well. But um, you know, one thing that we've always struggled with, and I know some of the people that listen to this podcast are going to go, "I know exactly where you're going, Andy," because you've raved on about this <laughs> quite a bit. But <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we, we have um, we've got tall pop- poppy syndrome here in, in Australia, and, and it's starting to change. But it's all it's always been about if you stick your head up too high above everybody else and want to talk about yourself or show something that you're doing or or celebrate something that you're involved with, people want to cut you down to size and sort of say, mm. hey, don't big note yourself too much. Don't talk yourself up too much. Like, you know, you don't like want to... Like stay sh- humble or something? That's that's right. The modesty aspect yeah. is something that we've we've embraced in our culture, which which in some ways, if you're balancing it, balancing it out, it's a good thing to be modest sometimes. Um, but mm-hmm. it really avoids people getting out there and doing what they want to do because, you know, you're, you're really worried about being criticised from anybody. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, it's very different, no doubt, in Canada to it is, uh, to what it is in the United States. But I noticed with a lot of people in the United States and I think just through the culture that's been projected globally through music and, and television and movies, it's, you know, very sort of egocentric and sort of putting it out there. And I think the rest of the world sort of looks at the US and goes, oh, wow, look, they, they really sort of love to big note, big note themselves, like stereotypically. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the, you know, at least from Australia's point of view, we've sort of gone, oh, geez, like we couldn't do that. But I noticed now that I think the more that we're connected, the more that we are starting to take those little personal risks and we're going... Let's take a deep breath. Uh, let's tell people yeah. that we're, we're about to put you know, a, a song out or, or a video out or we're going to write a blog or a book or whatever it might be. And let's just cross our fingers and just put it out there and see what happens. And nine times out of ten, it's it's good feedback that, that comes back. And, and you just have to learn how to manage that that, uh, that small percentage of, of the haters out there that do come back to you. But um, it's a common thing that we all have to have to sort of manage and, and sort of grapple with. And that that's the thing, like if you don't acknowledge that you're not celebrating your hard work and achievement. And I think that's missing out on one of the best things in life, to be honest with you. Mm. Yep. You know, like and I'd I'd hate to think that people are like, well, and I know people do this. They're like, I'm not going to put this out there or celebrate this because like, you know, oh, people are going to think this of me. Like, let let me tell you, my 30s have been the best decade yet. I, I care less and less and less about what people think of me minus the demons from my 20s but um (laughs) no these days it's just like oh really you wasted time having a thought about me that's sad you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, no that that's that's really interesting that that kind of puts a lot more in perspective now uh considering my australian friends and a lot of the bands i know from australia Ah, uh, bless them. But there's so much good music, especially especially like heavy metal music coming out of Australia. It's pretty fantastic. You've got some gems. But it's only been, I mean, we've 
we've got a lot of great bands from the past several decades, but there's only been a very small selection of bands that have been able to sort of squeeze their head out and, and get out into the global global market. But it's only been the last five or 10 years that mm-hmm. we've seen a lot more bands actually take these big risks, take these big steps and get out there and tour internationally or talk about their music in a more confident manner, which, you know, you know, it, it, it attracts people when you're confident and you want to talk about something, you're excited about what you're doing. People want to gravitate towards you. And so I've noticed that, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got so many more success, successful bands, um, in the metal space in particular, um, just due to, I think them challenging the status quo culturally here in Australia, where now it's like, no, just, just get out there, you know, get out there and, and and celebrate what you're doing and, and you'll find, you'll find your crowd, you'll find your audience and, and your friends and your, and your fans and, and create your own niche, you know, community and um, you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's nice to see that finally from your part of the world. <laughs> it really we're is. There. We've always been slow. We're, we're always the last ones to pick something up. It's oh. like, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> oh, Lonely Island. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor us. <laughs> oh, no. You guys are, we always say here that you guys are like the Canadians of the South and we're the Aussies of the North. <laughs> us in Canada. It's true, though. You know, out of anywhere I've traveled to in the world, I've mostly related to Australia. Australians I just there's something about Australians they they always become my best mates they really do so there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> well yeah likewise um got a lot of a lot of uh, great Canadians that I've uh, met over the years and just blown away with how quickly you can build rapport and, and it's sort of almost this uh like-mindedness that just uh, kicks in um almost instantly yeah. just just from the way we communicate the way we the way we interact, a lot of stuff sort of subconscious, but um, and maybe maybe not all of it's sort of real, but um, it it certainly feels like you can you can pick pick something up and, and run with it really 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 quickly. So um, so there Absolutely. you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm keeping it on the time, but there's one there's well, there's two quick things I'm gonna um touch on. Oh, take your time. I, I have no plans tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me and the cat and Netflix. <laughs> Three hours later. <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh my God, how did we get into this conversation about astrophysics? God damn it. <laughs> well, if you like a tangent, we can certainly go on tangents. But um Oh gosh. One thing I noticed on your website, which I just I've got to pick your brain about and and no doubt you'll sure. have some you may have some insight to share, but uh Pinterest. Now oh, you've got your social media handles, um, and and um, you know just all the usual stuff that you would expect a, a musician um, or a band to to be uh, you know visible on. And then I saw the right. Pinterest logo, and I thought, Ooh, oh, no. excellent, very good. Um, so I clicked on it, and um, and as I would expect, um, without overly stereotyping you, there was you, know, you had your boards there and the things that you're interested in, and a lot of that sort of feeds into, I guess you know from my point of view, like your your image and your branding and things like that. But um, mm-hmm. I just, I'm curious, like, ha- to what extent have you used it? Um, have you found it beneficial? Um, is it something that people don't use enough, um, especially from a musician point of view? I'm, I just, I'm, I'm really curious to get your thoughts on, on that platform because it's something that I haven't dug into as much as I should and I'm just o- overly curious. It's really, you've really got to be into visuals or recipes or it's just not going to work for you. And it's really like, like I have micromania with fandom. I have my specific fandoms and I am in love with them and I pretend I live in those worlds. And that's like, (laughs) 
that's kind of where it goes. And, and it's great. Like for home decor, you want to get ideas. Oh boy, you better believe you're going to get ideas on there. And, and, and I, I don't like think it's all that important. It's fun. You can go down the hole of Pinterest and find lots of cool fashion ideas. I've always used it for, for my outfits and planning music videos and stage production and artwork and, uh, yeah, that's, that's like essentially what I've used it for, but I think it's just about as essential as Tumblr. It's not really necessary, but it's there. Uh, so I do it more just like when I'm looking for something specifically in fashion or home decor or visuals, because I'm also, uh, I was doing visual arts for a very long time before I became a musician. And that's like very important to me. So, or tattoo ideas, you know, if you're ever just trying to build ideas and you're trying to get ideas out of your head, Pinterest is a, a great place to go and search and create boards. And then, you know, my sister's a photographer. She got me onto it because she has to create mood boards for mm. her photography concepts to communicate with her clients. So that makes the most sense to me. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's just there, but is it essential? No. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's one of those, I mean, I, I get sucked into all the, the Gary V hype with, with social media marketing and digital marketing and, and sort of not so much just being on absolutely everything, but sort of leaning into things and, and working out how to maximize a platform. And Pinterest is right. one of those ones, which I, I've, I've attempted it in the past and I've, I've got my boards of things that I like and just, and even like a wish list of things that I want to get eventually and haven't gotten around to it or money or time or whatever it might be. Um, right. my, my wife makes jewelry and, and, um, you know, sells, sells clothes online and things like that. So she's heavy into it and she loves repinning stuff and, and, and oh, all nice. this stuff. And, and she's like, Oh, you should really look into it from a, you know, from a musician point of view and seeing what you could do. And I'm like, I'm trying to work out how I can sort of really bridge that gap, um, and maximize it in the space of, of being a musician or even sort of in podcasting as well. But I think one thing that's kind of cool, like when I'm looking at it is that, you know, if, if I'm a fan and I'm looking at an artist who's got their, their boards there, I guess you sort of, you're telling more of your story, aren't you? I mean, you get to see the yeah. things that you like, what you lean into. Um, even if it's, you know, even talking about what your sister does, like creating mood boards, it's even just creating yeah. like this atmosphere around your identity or the things that you love and just getting that vibe out there where people can go, ah, oh, like I'm starting to get more of an understanding of the music that I'm listening to or, or all these other visuals that sort of complement, you know, the creative output. Yeah, totally. It, it helps build on that atmosphere. Have you? I agree. Have you? Um, do you have any interaction on there? Do does like do you have people that sort of interact with you, or is it more of a case that you're just sort of no. throwing the stuff out there and collating stuff yourself? No, it's actually it's entirely selfish. It's totally for me, and I totally have some private boards that are like outfit ideas for the future of my solo work and the future of Antiqua. Me and me and Zen have been brainstorming like visuals and concepts for Antiqua because it's like it's, it's so precious to us. It's like our baby. And it's like I don't we really even though it's not really anything original, like symphonic black metal has been done before. Um we just have like he as a visual artist has this like absolute direction he wants to take it in and I have to honor that so we communicate that way like photography styles art styles 
you know, everything black and white, God forbid. I had to convince <laughs> him to put colors into our brand colors, God forbid. Um, <laughs> only two, I only got two, but I fought hard for those two colors because the other three colors were black, white, and gray and a total <laughs> monochromatic gray, like no color to that gray. It was a very faded black. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's very awesome with project planning, but a lot of what I... I'm doing that I'm really excited about is like hidden from the world, you know, <laughs> don't even get, Oh my God, I haven't even started the mood board yet where it's like dream houses. Cause like, I just want to like take an old church and convert it into a house, which would be stupid. Cause the heating bill here in Canada would put me <laughs> under, but you know, one can dream. Um, yeah. So it's it, Pinterest is it's interesting. It's been fun. I'm totally selfish on it, though. I keep forgetting that people watch me on there and I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. But <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Well, maybe, maybe it's a, maybe I've even been looking at it from a from not the right angle where where it's probably better to be used as a as a tool like a, for for collating cre creative ideas and sort of getting more visual so I think for me, like one thing that I struggle with is I might have an idea in my head and I don't know how to communicate it. So like graphic design and, and visuals and imagery has always been a massive like learning curve for me. I just can't, I, I've kind of got a bit of an idea in my head, but I can't verbalize it. I can't describe it. So if I'm trying to get somebody to help me create something, it, it's just, it's, it's a nightmare. I'm one of those yeah, people that graphic yeah. designers just absolutely hate because I'm like, oh, I kind oh, of, this no. is what I'm kind of thinking of. And they're like, oh, that's, that's pretty vague. So maybe something <laughs> like Pinterest is really good because I can just, you know, create a mood board and just throw a whole bunch of different elements in there. And then through all that, you start to see the consistencies and see which direction it's going. And, and, and even just to, just to sort of get the thoughts out of your head and just get them somewhere where you can reflect back later on. It's, sounds, yeah. sounds like uh, I might have to. Not to refresh. It's my great like that. <laughs> it, yeah, it's great like that when you're when you're communicating to your graphic designer, your photographer, your filmographer. I don't even think that's a proper term. It is video not. music video director. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I will auto correct says otherwise. Every time I go to type it in, it's like filmography. I'm like, that is not what I'm trying to say right now. <laughs> they say that autocorrect is just a, a drunk little elf trying to help you out. And I'm like, oh, God, ain't that true? Uh, so yeah, you know, it's, it's such an important tool and it's nice. Like, it, I, Oh God, I'm so grateful in Antigua that like our visual director is in the band who can do graphic design and photography. Cause it's like two less people I have to hire out. Yeah. Thanks then, you know, but, uh, yeah, it, it, you still have to communicate that. And we both really, like, it's so much fun. We both really love doing that stuff. I do. I do it. Unfortunately, you know, in a very colorful way for him. But I also can tap into that whole, I guess, noir thing that he's about. So yeah, it's it's good that you have that in place. It It, it is, I, I wouldn't say it's something I've never really heard of anyone going viral on Pinterest. I've heard like in the, in the case of your wife, like where she's like, I do fashion and I know a lot of fashion and makeup does very well on Pinterest, but mm. that's not a world I'm involved in, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine like putting up a picture of, you know, a record or a CD and then having your buy it now link uh, would really sort of generate much at all. I think it's a different audience completely on 
that's uh, yeah that's for things. your modeling concept could do that but like i'm too tired and, and i've gained weight from being stuck inside i ain't doing that anytime <laughs> soon like are you kidding me like i can't even be bothered to get it on my pajamas right now so i, I can't even see my photographer and he lives down the road you know so it, it, it's just like yeah it's cool but it is great to like really kind of get inspired to do your own thing down the road whenever you're ready to visually, uh, I guess, communicate that. I, I don't know how else to put that right now, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, I'll, there's definitely some cogs turning now. So I think, uh, when, when we, uh, when we part ways, I'll be, uh, I'll be, uh, grabbing the phone and, and, uh, trying to remember my login details for Pinterest and seeing what rubbish is on there. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, the, the irony that you get locked out of your Pinterest account af, af, after this. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would break my heart. Oh. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, one last thing. Now, is it is it the Juno Awards? Is that how you say it, Juno? Yes, yes. Now, I think I'm not familiar with them, but I believe it's something like the Canadian equivalent of, say, the Grammys or something like that. Yes, it is. Yes. And I... I saw the announcement earlier in the year, I believe, or maybe it was late last year, but I think the, the awards were meant to go ahead in March, but I think they're going ahead in a couple of days. Yeah, Monday, I'm freaking out, like freaking out about it. I'm just like, oh my God, this is huge, you know, and uh, it's crazy, like oh, everything around it and it had to be cancelled. And this year, it's just like, oh man, the artists in all the categories are so awesome. I have so many friends that have been nominated this year which is just so cool um but also in the category that I'm nominated in um like so many friends in that category and, and it's just like I want to see everyone win and be happy and yeah I'm just like I'm super nervous and super excited about it it's just it's not going to be what it was but we're going to do it at home and celebrate <laughs> with most of the people who are on the album or part of the record label, uh, you know, and their significant others It's under 10, of course, hmm. being careful. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's actually less than seven, but, um, yeah, it's just going to be really different, but really, really intimate. And uh, I'm glad that we can still do it. So I'm still shocked. Like I, that's been a dream of mine since I started on this journey and here we are. And I'm like, what the heck happened? you know, <laughs> especially, especially for like a, a debut as well. Like, you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, especially, and like just framing it with everything that we've been speaking about and, you know, you talking about sort of the challenges that you've had and the things like outside of your comfort zone and sort of really sort of taking that step out independently and going, I'm going to basically, you know, as, as cheesy as it sounds, create my own destiny. Um, oh, and, no, totally. <laughs> and, and now, now here you are with, with this nomination. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, it's... Thank you. Uh, I mean, no doubt, pretty surreal. It, it is. It's very surreal because I wasn't expecting it. You know, I got um, one of my uh, label reps to just kind of help me through the process of... It was a huge filing process. And then paying the fee and then sending it off and just being like, well, at least we can say we did it, you know, <laughs> and, and that was it. And then we just were like, OK, moving on, you know, like didn't even bat a lash. Like it was just like, OK, now what? Uh, and getting through the rest of the year and then and then all of a sudden coming out 
in the new year with that. That was, that was insane. And, and, you know, uh, God, there's been like, and I feel like a lot of people in my position don't really talk about it, but I like to bring light to it because it is very important. Those big monumental defining moments in your career really show you who the real people in your life are. Mm. And when I joined the band, when I joined Cradle, that was a big deal. And it showed who my real friends were and it was a hard lesson and there's, and it shows you who the constants in your life are, like who the people are who really care about you and don't just see you as a paycheck or a means for some kind of connection or power, I guess. And then that Juno happened and people who had been telling me for years that, you know, they care about me and they have my back. It was really close to my birthday too nothing and I was just like well this is uh this is my confirmation that those people suck and they're not (laughs) allowed to be in my life anymore you know so it's it it shows like even if you're not working with me anymore or you're not you know it didn't work out in regards to us collaborating or whatever I always wish those people well but I go on I, I wish, you know, anyone I've had not a good resolve with, I wish them the best and I hope they're, I'm happy for them in, in their celebrations. I hope they're they're living a good life, but I understand that not everyone shares my perspective. So, you know, when these things happen and these people just like can't celebrate with me or be happy for me, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's your problem. Again, back to what we said before. Well, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was it was life changing, but it really showed me like, especially from when Cradle happened to this happening in like, what, seven years apart, there's constants. There's people who don't care about who I am as an artist or a musician or a business person. They just love me for me. And it, it's shown me that. And it is a small handful of people, but like, at least they're there, you know? And that's, I think that's why fame and, and like for superstars and stuff is really difficult because, you do, you know, at the end of the day, they don't have even that small handful of people. And I really feel for, I can't imagine how lonely that is. So yeah, it, it, it really, I'm, I, you know, I'm so grateful that it happened and the acknowledgement and we find out on Monday and then I feel like I can just move (laughs) on with my life because I'm having this like bubbling anxiety, good anxiety about it. Um, you know, but already just to be nominated is huge and I'm grateful and it's opened some doors for me. And I, I'm just so happy I'm in a position now where I can do music full time, mainly from home and, you know, um, you know, fence to cradle, but outside of, of cradle filth. Cause that was like the, the thing that was a huge part of my life for seven years that really ate up a ton of my time and, it, it was honestly for the best, you know, they have a, an awesome person now replacing me who it makes way more sense than I did. And I really wish them like the best and I'm happy for them, but it had the, the change had to come about. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for them. There's no point in hanging on to something if you're not well and you can't perform in all aspects properly. Um, you know, I think they they might, if anything, they're probably a little bit shocked at how quickly I bounced back Mm. since I left (laughs) they're just like well you seem fine and I'm like damn right I am (laughs) you know but that's the thing there's no there's no real like I don't know if they expect me to suffer for years or like I don't know what it's their mind like you know it's it's a collective of people 
and the team that surrounds them. And it's like, you know, uh, but um, I think like the people who do care about me, they were like, oh, like, you know, you bounced back really quickly and I'm happy for you. But there's no timeline on healing mm. and there's no there's no uh, weight on suffering. Like everyone suffers. We It's collective suffering. You know, we all suffer. So, yeah, I was just like, no, like, they're, you, you know. I think if anything, you'd want to see people recover quickly from trauma, mm. you know, like, I, I don't, I don't know, like what, what, oh God, I, that's, that's where I fail in life. I just try to figure out other people when it's not really mine <laughs> to figure out, you know what I mean? You'll go crazy. So, oh, totally. I'm just like, you know, the more I try to understand human nature, the more I realize I don't know anything at all. <laughs> um, so I just leave it in the corner doing its thing. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I just, I can't. It was just came the Juno nomination came at the craziest time. It really did. I just like broke down and couldn't stop crying because I'm just like, you know, it, things were looking grim at the time, and now everything's just really. I wouldn't say necessarily because of the Juno nomination because I had to work really hard on my mental health, but it definitely helped. It was like a big hug from the heavens, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, I think I think it's one of many things that uh, are validating that you're on the right path and you're doing, doing great things. So um, Thank you. good luck. Good luck for Monday. I'll be, uh, I'll be thinking of you. I think Thank it'll be you. Uh, probably Tuesday, Tuesday sometime. So I'll be keeping it'll be Tuesday up. morning. Yeah. 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 Oh, you'll find out. Yeah. You'll definitely hear about it. And even if I don't, it's okay. Like still just to be acknowledged is enough. Like it's oh, not, it's not about winning. <laughs> a, I think, I think you've, I mean, having the nomination, I think in some ways means you, you've certainly already won anyway. So I think um, oh, anything else is a, is an absolute bonus. So uh, enjoy yeah, it. Totally. Yeah, totally. I will. Lap it I up will. and, and uh, have fun with, with, um, with your small uh, group of uh, friends keeping within your, your restriction uh, yes. capacity. Phase two <laughs> restrictions. <laughs> Woo. Love it. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you. Thank you, Andy. It was awesome to chat with you. You're wonderful. You can go and support Lindsay and go and check out her world by going to lindsayschoolcraft.com. Check out her latest album, Marta, um, which is available now. And uh, go and check out Antiquevar as well. Um, I'll have everything in the show notes over at andysocial.net or andydowling.net. And as I say with every guest that's been on the podcast, please go and reach out to Lindsay, reach out to everybody that's been on the podcast. If you enjoyed uh, the episode, make sure you send a message or leave a comment in one of the posts or whatever it might be and uh, let Lindsay know what you thought of the chat. I'm sure she'll really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I had a blast talking to Lindsay. Now, before we wrap it up, as I mentioned at the beginning of all these podcast episodes, I am on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dowling is the place to go to support me, support this podcast. Um, so far, so good. Um, I've just really been enjoying this little community. Um, it's far better than I ever thought it would be. Um, and it's, I'm really, I'm, I'm working this on a small scale, but the support's been just absolutely incredible. And it's uh, already covering a lot of the costs that uh, I incur with, um, with running this podcast. I should have done it sooner. Maybe, I don't know. Anyway, I'm doing it now. So uh, come over and join patreon.com slash Andy Dowling. And, um, yeah, I've got a Patreon podcast. Uh, I'm putting out newsletters. So people get newsletters in their letterboxes, like a physical fucking newsletter, which reminds me I've got to get my July one done and sent out. So guys, 
be patient. It's, 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 it will be on its way soon. And, uh, yeah, just really enjoying it. And, uh, it's encouraging me to think outside the box and do lots of new things and try, uh, try lots of fun and exciting things and expand this podcast. So I've got a couple of goals that I want to reach. One is public on the Patreon page. So you can go over and have a look and see what that goal is. And the second one, uh, will be added, uh, sometime soon. So I think I might wait until the first goal is reached and then I'll put the second goal in there, but I'm pretty sure I've alluded to some of this stuff in previous episodes, but go over to patreon.com slash Andy Dowling. Now, if you don't want to do Patreon and it's not your jam, it's not your thing, uh, just listen to these podcasts, share them around, tag a few mates who might be fans of the people that uh, are featured on this podcast, um, find a topic, find somebody that might get something out of an episode, whatever it might be, a bit of social media love, those likes and hearts and retweets and tagging and all that sort of shit goes a long way uh, with, with the reach and getting more and more people jumping onto the podcast. So all that stuff is a massive, massive help. And I must say, also, um, I almost forgot, fucking excuse me, Patreon, uh, my social circle tier, a massive thank you to the guys who... Uh, support me with the most uh, and just are absolute legends. These, these are the people that are a significant uh, contributor. I was going to say investor, but um, well, maybe maybe it's an investment. They're getting some entertainment uh, return. But uh, here we go. Here are the people on my social circle tier. And, uh, Andrew from Perth, Mick G from Sydney, Ash from Daniloquin, Dan from Dapto, Rod from Rayleigh in North Carolina, Saul from Oxford in the UK, Patrick from Canberra, Liam from Brisbane, and Chris from Sydney. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Once again, if you want to join, patreon.com slash Andy Dowling. I don't know how many times I can mention, mention Patreon in a podcast, but uh, fuck, I might be close to beating the world record. So there you go. And on that note, let's wrap it up, folks. Another episode coming next week. Um, I'll give you a clue. Another musician. I'm on a bit of a musician uh, kick at the moment uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, I try When I started this podcast, I did not want it to be a music, a music podcast or a musician-heavy podcast, but it certainly has been. Uh, but I do like to scatter in a few uh, different people here and there. But uh, for the foreseeable future, for the next several weeks, I believe I have a lot of uh, a lot of musicians coming. So uh, next week's another musician, a guitarist, um, an international guitarist, uh, somebody that's not in Australia, and um, it's a bloke, and he can play really fast as well. A really fast guitarist from another country. There you go. I'll leave, I'll leave it with that. Until next week, folks, stay safe. Um, I don't know, wear a face mask. Do Just fucking do sensible shit. And uh, I'll, I'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Larry. Larry, please. <laughs>